Holidays are here, and so is fashionable fitness. Gift yourself a Samsung Galaxy Z Flip 3 5G, a phone that folds in half to literally stand on its own. Pair it with the Galaxy Watch 4 for ultimate wellness and wow factor. Check health stats, flex personal records. Over 90 activities can be tracked, like biking, swimming, golfing, and more. Invest in yourself with tech made to crush goals. Holidays open up with Galaxy. Shop it all at Samsung.com. 5G connection and availability may vary. Check with Carrier. Products sold separately. For the ones who are always in the know. For the ones who keep things running. For the innovators and the problem solvers. Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry. Experienced staff at local branches and free access to experts to help answer your toughest questions. So whatever challenge you face, we have the knowledge and products to help. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Hey, everybody, it's Sam with Wrestling Overtime, and we are doing your WWE SmackDown results and thoughts for February 5th, 2021. Now, I don't know what you guys thought about this show, but... I felt like this show was slowed down, um, and I don't know why. I've, I've kind of pondered that, why it felt that way to me. I don't know if it is how I watched it, because I took a break in between. Um, I watched the first hour, and then I stopped and then I'll watch the second hour. So I don't know if that's what made it slow down for me. It made more sense to me. It felt like they weren't trying to cram a lot of garbage on there and give me storylines that I wasn't interested in. Um, it started off, of course, with Roman Reigns because I'm getting the feeling that they believe that Every SmackDown show needs to start off with Roman Reigns. He had been told by Paul Heyman that um, Edge was already there, and he was planning on bringing Edge out and making sure that Edge made a decision and he knew about WrestleMania and all that. Well, it ended up Edge, of course, <laughs> wasn't there yet. Um, I think I could have guess that one, you know, myself, that uh, Edge went to Royal Rumble, on Monday he was on Raw, on Wednesday he was on NXT, and on Friday Roman wants him there on time, so he, he was running a little behind, I guess, um, and Roman says kind of what I think everybody was thinking, he said, you're, you are making me look like a fool. And I thought, no, no, um, Edge isn't making you look like a fool. I actually, Paul Heyman made you look like a fool, and you yourself made look like a fool, because all you had to do was stick your head out and ask somebody. Everybody would have known whether or not Edge was in the building. And I really don't think that Edge was playing games with him as Roman wanted to stay. Um... I like how he was like, he looks into the camera and is like, well, Edge, you will give me the, your decision by the end of the night. Well, you know, 
Roman, he's not there. And if he's coming, then he's probably in a car and he's not watching you. Uh, this isn't on the network live, so I'm not real sure unless he has um, some kind of Fox uh, provider that provides it live. He's probably not watching it while he's driving. And if he was planning on not coming to SmackDown, then did you expect him to hurry up and get dressed and run over to Tropicana to give you – come on – and so, um, whoever wrote that, and I have a funny feeling that it was Paul Heyman and Roman together, come on guys, let's get in reality and, and figure out what's going on. Now, the first match of tonight actually made sense because it was the first match, and you're kind of getting warmed up. Um, I know a lot of people want to put a hot match on first. Well... You do that when you do a cold open that's only like five minutes long. Roman took a hundred hours. Um, Roman was actually the hot match that, that they should have put on. Um, so you can do a secondary match, which was Do Dominic and uh Baron Corbin. Now this wasn't a bad match. I liked that the Mysterios both came out and were doing their entrance, and they were doing the same entrance they've done always. And Baron Corbin came out and just threw Rey Mysterio completely off the stage and got rid of him, you know, and then attacked, basically, Dominic. And this, like I said, really wasn't a bad match. I think these two have been wrestling each other now, it seems like, for a year, and they know each other pretty well. Uh, Dominic can get in moves that, I don't know, actually look really good um, because Corbin is so strong, athletic, he can handle the moves. Um, and so they put on a fairly good match as far as Dominic could do his high-flying moves and Corbin catch him or, or do the things that he needed done. Did I think this match needed to go through two commercial breaks? No. Uh, it was a little too long, I think. Now, I like that Dominic finally got a win over Corbin, proved to his dad that he could beat Corbin and everything. I... Didn't realize, I guess I missed the first part of it or, or something where they were going over the matches because I didn't realize that we were going to get a triple threat match as the main event with Big E, Apollo Crews, and Sami Zayn. I was a little excited about that match, but hearing Kayla talk to Big E about it, um, I guess I decided, no, it um, wasn't what I wanted because it is obvious that Biggie's the baby face. Sammy, they're trying to make the heel as the conspiracy theorist and him trying to say that he's crazy, basically. And then they're putting Apollo Crews as a tweener down the middle of them where he's a kind of good man doing bad things. 
and I don't know that that fits Apollo's personality, and I don't know that we've seen a heel change that would allow me to even think that's happening. If they're doing a slow heel change, it's not very good. Um, so they need to work on it. And then we got, in my opinion, what was the match of the night. And I, I'm sorry to say that to everyone else on you know, the card, because there were some good matches tonight. But Daniel Bryan and Cesaro brought it. Uh, especially with Daniel Bryan busting uh, Cesaro open the hard way and not meaning to, but because it was a head wound, it did bleed fairly, not a whole, whole lot. It wasn't like uh, Cody's face in Cody versus Dustin, but it was on the side of his head, and any time he laid still for two seconds, you saw blood coming out. I, I think that that led to it being heightened, in my mind. They are already two of the best wrestlers that are on SmackDown. They put on an excellent match. Um, just how they call a match, they move, the chemistry, it was unbelievable. And then, Daniel Bryan didn't stop. And... I think that was something that I liked or I enjoyed because I know WWE does not do blood. They don't like it. Um, that's how you know that it wasn't meant to happen. But it did not stop Daniel Bryan from kicking Cesaro in the head later in the match. It did not um, you know, stop him from doing moves around Cesaro's head. Now, I did think I was a little worried about Cesaro with him having the head wound, doing the swing. He did the swing forever on Daniel Bryan, and I thought, mm, you're going to get a little dizzy, and with that head wound, that may not be the best thing for you, but like I said, it turned out to be a great match. Cesaro got the win with the sharpshooter. And I love that. For those of you who don't know, Cesaro, of course, was teamed with Tyson Kidd. They became big-time friends. For those of you who don't know, Tyson Kidd is TJ Wilson, who is Natty's husband. He trained in the Heart Dungeon. He and Natty um, are both trained in the Heart Dungeon. They're hearts, basically. But TJ and Natty taught Cesaro when he was the tag team partner with Tyson Kidd how to do the Heart Dynasty sharpshooter. And so for him to win with the sharpshooter, I love that. Um, that shows, hey, he still, um, of course I already knew, he was still close friends with TJ Wilson and Natty, but that he has permission from them to do that move, and, you know, he still wants to show people, hey, I have this move in my arsenal, this is this is how it goes. Um Love them doing the fist bump afterwards, showing respect to each other. And then we get Caleb interviewing Bianca Belair. 
And my first thought was, why is why is Kayla doing this backstage? Um, Bianca just won the Royal Rumble. Why is she not doing this in the ring in front of the virtual fans? Why why are we doing this? Well, Kayla wanted to talk about Bianca's parents, who most of us who follow them on social uh, media had seen her parents on Instagram, her dad falling out of the chair and things like that. And Kayla was just wanting to ask Bianca, well, who are you going to face at WrestleMania? Okay, come on, Kayla. Wrestlers are actually calling you out for for asking stupid questions, and I don't blame them. Because do you really think that she is going to tell you backstage? And that was basically her answer, is I don't want to do it here. I want to do it in the ring. Because the thing is, is she's going to announce it and point at the WrestleMania sign. Come on, Kayla. So I thought that segment just needed to be cut. They could have did away with that and saved some time, gave some time to someone else, or gave a match a little more time. We get the promo that Seth Rollins is coming back next week. They don't say that he's coming back for a match, so not sure whether Seth Rollins is going to actually wrestle next week, but I would say that he's going to come back and speak, somebody's going to interrupt him, and then they'll wrestle the following week at the go-home show, I I would think. But then we get Ruby Riot come out with Liv Morgan. Actually, they came out during the commercial. And then we get them against Bailey. And honestly, at first I was like, they've dropped Bailey down to face Ruby Riot. And then my next thought was, they've kicked her out of the big four. It's now becoming the big three. It's going to be Bianca, Sasha, Carmella. And I thought, well, that sucks. I hate that. But then as she was walking down the ramp and shooting, you know, her fingers in the air to shoot her pyro, I guess my next thought was, this is how Bailey is made. Not just um, wrestler Bailey, but Bailey the person wanting to help get others over, to help train others, to help um, get them TV time. And I thought, you know, this this might be actually good. Well, let me tell you, it was. If you are into women's wrestling and you want to see a good match this week, pull this one up. Um, you had Billy Kay on commentary, who, I'm sorry, she's absolutely hilarious. And Corey Graves poking at her helps. Uh, it's just hilarious. But um, you saw more aggressive Bailey, which... I loved. I've been hollering that Bailey needs to get more aggressive now for about three months. Um, You saw a more calculated, more, I don't want to say evil, but more um, serious. She was still, don't get me wrong, 
she was still making her smart aleck comments and being obnoxious. Um, she actually picked up Ruby Ride at one time and threw her into the corner and made the comment that, of course, the camera picked up that you see how strong I am. This is the reason why you didn't win the Rumble. And, I mean, she was showing her power and her aggression and just really um enjoyed that loved that um ruby Wright did make a comeback without Liv morgan's interference that it was ruby riot actually making the comeback and so i thought that that showed her bailey was giving her a rub she got some moves on her um with she did a move where she was going to pop over Bailey. Bailey stopped and was going to jerk her off the ring ropes, and she took her legs and slammed Bailey's head into um, the middle turnbuckle, and then did a arm drag on Bailey. And I was like, "This is the Ruby Riot that we need to see." And Bailey wasn't overselling. She was, like I said, um, making Ruby Riot actually look good and not look stupid, overdone, or anything like that. However, I absolutely love that Bailey brought the rose plant back. Um, I have been calling for that for um, quite a few months also. Um, that she needed a better finisher than the Bailey to Belly suplex. That was her finisher when she started in NXT when she was a babyface. She needed a more killer kind of finisher, and the Rose Plant does that. Now, I'm sure they're going to come up with a different name for that. When Bailey was on the independent circuits, her name was Davina Rose. Her middle name is Rose. Um, and so she had the Rose plant. And that's the move that she did. It's a killer move. Love it. Um, and it actually looks pretty hurtful. Whereas the Bailey to Belly suplex doesn't. Um, so she finished her off. Bailey won. She should have won. And so they're doing a good job. But Bailey made Ruby Riot look good. Love that Billy Kay took her resume and headshot and ran to catch up with Bailey and was going to talk to Bailey because Corey Graves said, Well, Bailey needs a tag team partner. Bailey may want you to, you know, help her out. And so she went chasing after her. The only thing was, they immediately went to commercial. They should have stayed with it another 20 seconds because as they released later, you know, Billy Kay, who is hilarious, everybody loves Billy Kay, hands Bailey her resume and Bailey looks at her like, are you crazy? Bailey is also hilarious. So I don't know why they didn't run with that little short 20 second snippet. We see Bailey not even really glance at the resume and tear it up and look at her like, 
you are absolutely nuts. Um, after the commercial break, of course, we see Edge arrive, giving the fist bump to Sonya Deville. Now, rumor has it that everybody has been saying they think that Sonya Deville will end up eventually taking over SmackDown. They will have move Adam Pearce to Monday Night Raw, that they will get him away from Roman and Paul Heyman. And I'm kind of interested in that to see if that happens for the simple fact that Paul Heyman thinks he has Sonya Deville under his thumb and that he can make her do things that he wants done. I don't believe that. I believe that Sonya Deville will show up Paul Heyman and prove to him, no, no. We get Bianca Belair coming out. I'm, I don't know whether to trust WWE anymore or not because you never know. They are showing the virtual fans cheering, and there's not a doubt in my mind that they were, but I wonder if they were piping in crowd noise because it seemed really loud and it wouldn't quit. And finalized, Bianca just started talking over it. So it makes you wonder if, you know, the the crowd really was that loud. I hope so. Bianca deserves that. She's getting her chance. She's getting her push. Um, and I hope she takes advantage of it. She seemed nervous. I think the thing that caught my attention, though, was she was almost too sweet of a baby face. And so I was a little, like, she was sappy sweet as far as, of course, praising Asuka as the empress of right now and then praising Sasha, looking up to Sasha because they had been tag team partners here over the last probably six weeks. And then we get Reginald come down, whose idea was this? I I don't understand it. Um, unless they're just wanting, he has caught Vince's eye, and they're just wanting to get him TV time. Why is a wine guy being handed a microphone by somebody backstage and allowed to come out by himself? That doesn't make sense. He come out to tell Bianca that she really needed to choose Asuka because she couldn't beat Sasha because Carmella couldn't even beat Sasha. And I was like, you need to be fired just for saying that. But here's the thing. And Corey Graves and Michael Cole brought it up. He's not a manager. He's not a wrestler. He's not an advisor. Why is he speaking? Second point, Carmella doesn't need anyone to speak for her. Carmella is great on the mic, on her own. She's one of the better women's talkers. Um, for And I, I gotta give her and Corey a, a plug. If 
you guys aren't listening to it, especially you girls out there. You guys want to listen to Bear With Us podcast. Um, it is Carmella and Corey Graves being themselves, being Matt and Leah, and talking about their relationship, talking about living together, talking about wrestling. Talk, They're talking about anything. They talk about Pittsburgh. I mean, and you will see how well Carmella talks and can hold her own in this absolutely hilarious and if wwe knows what they're doing they will start even letting carmella make up her own songs and sing because the girl is hilarious but finally carmella comes out and she gets to say i'm thinking three sentences maybe Saying she said that she beat Sasha Banks twice. As soon as she says that, Sasha Banks' music hits, and here comes the balls. So let me tell you how much time Carmella got to talk in this segment. If you know anything about Sasha Banks, when she comes out, she does her little dance move, and she walks down the ramp doing her thing. That actually took longer than Carmella got in this segment, which is sad. Because this could have been a great segment between the three of them, but I feel like they gave Carmella's time to Reginald, and he doesn't need it. They need to make a storyline for him, and he needs to probably just go away. Um, Of course, Sasha is a babyface. So this is my problem that I'm having. We've got Asuka, who's supposed to be a babyface. We've got Sasha, who's supposed to be a babyface. And now we've got two sappy sweet Bianca, who is a babyface. And she's got a pig. So I thought we're going to do a slow turn, kind of, with Sasha, since she has the reputation of being a heel. That she could cut on Bianca just a little bit and start this. Well, no. She praises uh, Bianca and, you know, talks about how great it was. And I thought, well, okay. So, not real sure how we're going to get some controversy going how we're going to get someone i want i i don't care i would love to see bianca versus oscar with them both being athletic oscar being able to put together awesome matches i think that that would be a great wrestlemania match i think everybody in the world wants to see sasha versus bianca i think that would be also an excellent match my issue is who do you root for? Sasha has so many fans. And then you have Bianca gaining fans. But you're going to put kind of the same fan base and have to make them pick. Who who do you want to win? So no one's going to be rooting. They're just going to be watching. And I don't know that that necessarily makes a good WrestleMania loud match. 
So I think they really need to do kind of a slow heel thing with Sasha and let her go that way. We'll see. Um, then we get Otis and Chad Gable versus Bobby Roode and Dolph Ziggler. I think this was probably the worst match on the show, not because of any of the teams. Well, both teams, I didn't feel like they were in it. Um, it it felt to me like a throwaway match. It was maybe five minutes long, six minutes. I'm guessing. I didn't time it. Um, it it really was. It was just kind of a throwaway match. The next thing, this whole block in the WWE SmackDown show, I wish they would have just thrown out. I wish they would have thrown out the Otis, Chad Gable, Bobby Roode, Dolph Ziggler match. And then they went in and said it was 33 years tonight that Andre the Giant faced Hulk Hogan which they were talking about how great of a match it was and how it was one of the most watched match and it was on, you know, main event and everything like that. 33 is not usually a number you celebrate. You usually celebrate 30 or 35. Most people don't celebrate 33. You also don't show... uh, February is... uh, Black History Month. You don't show a commercial for that. And then show Hulk Hogan. After the racist comments that he has made. Yes, I know he apologized. I also know that it's only been like four years. And that people truly still remember it. And they definitely remember it when you do it right after the Black History Month commercial. Um absolutely ridiculous on their part. I'm sorry. It it was just, I don't know. It was absolutely ridiculous. Hulk Hogan's video was ridiculous. He was doing his character and, you know, that that's not something I want to see 33 years later, if he would have sat down and actually talked about the match for two to three minutes or five minutes, then, and been serious, it been almost done like a documentary style, I think I, it would have won me over more than him doing almost his character. And then talking about whoever Edge chose is in big trouble. Well, I don't need that. I don't need him, you know. So then, of course, we see Edge talking to Shinsuke Nakamura. And we get our main event of Big E versus Apollo versus Sammy for the Intercontinental Championship. I know I'm supposed to be excited about this, but I talked about it in the beginning. I really wasn't. It it was a good match. Um, in my opinion, Cesaro, Daniel Bryan, I know they don't have a belt, should have been the ending match because that was the match of the night. But, um, when you really think about it, 
you got um, Dominic versus uh, Baron Corbin. You got Otis and Chad Gable versus Dolph and Bobby Roode. You got Bailey versus Ruby Riot. And um, you got Cesaro versus Daniel Bryan. And then you have this match. That's all the matches we got tonight. And maybe that was the difference. They slowed down more on the matches and allowed the matches to have a little more time. Because um, this match with Apollo, Big E, and Sammy, I think it went through two commercials. I'm almost positive. And it had some nice moves. It's really hard to choreograph this. You can tell they probably didn't go over it a lot or practice it or anything like that because you still had them throwing one guy out of the ring and him laying there while two guys wrestle. And they didn't do, I think they did one, maybe two moves where there were three guys involved. Most of the time it was one-on-one and some guy was outside of the ring and not involved. And when it's went over, it's they've actually planned it out or they've practiced it or they've worked on it or, or anything like that. Or if they have great chemistry, then you don't see stuff like that. So I think that's the reason why I don't say it was like an outstanding match or a classic or five-star match or whatever uh, rating you want to use. It, it was because of that. Big E, of course, kept his title and, you know, Sammy is griping and doing his thing. And then we get Edge come out. Loved the pyro for Edge. It was it was unbelievable. Um, and he just talks about, he acknowledges the fans, and then he talks about how he wants to get back what he never lost as far as him having to relinquish um, the heavyweight championship. And he said that people were, you know, basically asking him, who are you going to face? Are you going to face Drew McIntyre, Finn Balor, uh, Roman Reigns, and everything? Roman Reigns' music hits, and of course, here he comes with Joe, Jey Uso and Paul Heyman. And of course, Edge immediately jokes, well, you had to bring, bring back out. And luckily... Either they had planned it or Roman come up with it. I don't know. He said uh, that Paul Heyman, I'll make sure, doesn't make a move on you, Edge, unless I, you know, tell him. And so Edge makes another comment, and he asks Jay to leave, and Paul Heyman goes down to stand by the ring. Doesn't say a word, and I thought, you have one of the greatest talkers in Paul Heyman, in wrestling history, and he didn't say a word. How sad is that? But anyway, um, you know, of course, Roman wants Edge to make a decision. Edge is not ready to make a decision. 
And he said that on NXT. So Hello Roman watched WWE TV. He said that he wanted to watch Pete Dunne and, and Finn Balor go at it. He was challenged by basically carrying Cross. Um, you know, he's got Randy, Randy Orton and Drew McIntyre both waiting on him for Raw, and here you're you're wanting him to make a decision. Luckily, to save Edge, yeah, right. But uh, to save the, I guess suspense or whatever we have edge kind of back up which catches roman's attention a little bit kevin owens comes in and hits the stunner boom on roman reigns rolls out of the ring walks up the ramp and i was just like no way that is how you end a show. I was like, that's not a problem. The only thing that didn't make any sense, Kevin Owens came from where Paul Heyman and the announcers are. I would think one of those three people would notice. Edge noticed, so why can't one of those three? Still like the stunner, loved Kevin Owens, just rolling out of the ring. Never said a word, just walked up the ramp, doing his thing, and loved that part. Edge rolled out, and boom, end of show. That was awesome. Now, I know Roman Reigns is not a big social media guy. However, Paul Heyman is. So, this weekend, or Monday, we need Kevin Owens saying something on social media, or Roman Reigns saying something, and Kevin Owens responding. But WWE's not real social media savvy. Seems like the women's side does it more. And I think they do it on their own instead of getting prompted by WWE. WWE needs to get the guys more involved. But um, overall, good show. Like I said, I think I enjoyed it more for the simple fact they it felt slowed down to me. They had five, six matches. They were able to tell stories. They were able to get their interviews in, their promos. Like I said, I felt like one match should have been cut. The Hulk Hogan thing definitely should have been cut. And they could have put a different match in there. They could have put a different promo. They could have made matches longer. Whatever they wanted to do with that amount of time. But if that would have been done, would have been probably a, a perfect show as far as how they staged it and everything. Really impressed with Bailey Ruby Riot. Really impressed with Daniel Bryan and Cesaro. Like I said, match of the night easily. Biggie, uh, Apollo Crews, and Sammy, not a bad match. Just not what I want out of a triple threat. And then side Paul, Paul Heyman and Carmella didn't really get to speak and show off. But like the interaction between Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair, still think Sasha Banks probably needs a slow heel turn. But we'll have to wait and see if that happens. What do you guys think? What do you think of the show? Who do you want Edge to choose? Who do you want Bianca to choose? Do you want Sasha to do a slow heel turn? Or do you like her as a babyface? Do you like her as you being involved? Do you love Billy Kay?
you guys write me at wrestlingovertime at gmail.com or hit me up on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram at wrestlingovertime, and I will be talking to you guys soon. I'll see you down the road. Holidays are here, and so is fashionable fitness. Gift yourself a Samsung Galaxy Z Flip 3 5G, a phone that folds in half to literally stand on its own. Pair it with the Galaxy Watch 4 for ultimate wellness and wow factor. Check health stats, flex personal records. Over 90 activities can be tracked, like biking, swimming, golfing, and more. Invest in yourself with tech made to crush goals. Holidays open up with Galaxy. Shop it all at Samsung.com. 5G connection and availability may vary. Check with Carrier. Products sold separately. For the ones who are always in the know. For the ones who keep things running. For the innovators and the problem solvers. Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry. Experienced staff at local branches and free access to experts to help answer your toughest questions. So whatever challenge you face, we have the knowledge and products to help. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.